Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how to subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Hello and welcome to Let Me Talk Details. This is a respite from the weekly whirlwind of top flight football. It's a space to break down the big picture topics and get into the details away from the game-by-game analysis. I'm David Mooney. As ever, the Athletic City correspondent Sam Lee is alongside me. Hello. As is the former City and England midfielder Izzy Christensen and former City defender Nader Manua. Sam, what is on today's show? We got the old gang together for the first time in the studio to talk about all things Christmas. There's loads of stuff in there. We touch on parties, diet, getting suspended on purpose, all that kind of stuff. There's loads to enjoy. Let Me Talk Details is a platform for you to get involved. We'd love to hear from you. So email hello at lmtpod.com if you've got any questions or thoughts about City or football in general. So it's nearly Christmas. Let's start with that. Um, What's it like as as a footballer? At Christmas, because as fans, we sit there and go, you know, it's great. There's games every three days and, you know, we can watch all this day. and watch yeah, all day, every day. You can watch day. football. All yeah. Mm. Um, when you're involved in it, what's it like? Uh, this is a question, not just for Jimenez, it's for every, every sort of anyone that's played pro. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, you, you, there's, there's some, some of you with more experience here than, than some others. Me and Sam are going to shut up for a bit. <laughs> okay. So, um, from my perspective, it changes as you get older. I think some people just love playing football, especially when you're young. You just love it. Like, but the fact is, like, are you living by yourself? Are you able to go home for Christmas? Are you from a different country? How do you celebrate it? Are you Christian? Do you believe in Christmas? There's, there's so much that plays into it. But for me, I always wanted to know, if we were playing on Boxing Day, are we home or are we away? Because if you're at home, then Christmas Day, you will be at home. If you're away, the likelihood is you'll be in a hotel on Christmas Day night or Christmas night, yeah. and that, speaking from experience, is miserable. Uh, there was a point with Stuart Pearce. I think we played Sheffield United on the Boxing Day, and his plan was: he said we should come into. We trained at the stadium. I think it was at four o'clock in the afternoon on Christmas Day before traveling up to Sheffield and sitting in this like haunted mansion <laughs> of a hotel type thing. I think we lost the day after as well. No, I, I remember. I remember the game well. Stephen Island one nil. Yeah, honestly, like. There's a, it just depends. I think some people do like the idea of time off, but we also appreciate the fact that there are going to be a lot of games in this time. You know from when that last international break is done in November, 
here comes the grind, here comes the toil, here comes the bad weather, here comes the yellow ball, here comes a game every few days. And I think if your team's playing well, then great. But if your team's not and you're losing every three days, then <laughs> hard work. Oh my God, it's the worst time of the year, to be honest. What do you reckon, Izzy? It's hilarious, actually, because I think the, the first question that you always get as a footballer about Christmas is, oh, can you not eat Christmas dinner? <laughs> like, come on, it's just protein with your turkey. It's vegetables. It's a bit of gravy, which doesn't do anyone any harm. Mm-hmm. It's then the little bits around it that you can't really add on, can you? Sausages and your bacon and um, all the little bits. The trimmings, as they call them. Mm. Um, but yeah, you can eat that. Even in match day minus one, you could eat a roast dinner mm. for a game. Yeah. You just load up on the potatoes, you'll be all right. Um, but we, we as a, as a you know, WSL, we, we didn't play over Christmas. It was a break. So I've, I've, I'm an advocate for it. I, I wish we did play over Christmas because I love that focus because everybody talks about even non-footballers speak about the dead patch in between christmas and new year where you sat around watching football i'd love to be playing it at that point Mm. um but football for many is the focus of a festive period because you plan your family events or your times or your visits to the pub around watching a game and i think there's nothing better than bringing people together in that way that's what i look out for when the fixtures are announced where, when am I going to be able to do this or yeah, that? I'll say you're playing Boxing Day because if it's Boxing Day, it's obviously it's similar to what you're saying, Aidan, but obviously different. But in the sense that, well, I've got I might have to have it at home rather than go have it with family because then if you're traveling up on Boxing Day, it's hard or whatever. But quite often they're playing on the 27th, which is just amazing because my got a mate who lives in Malta, he comes back, so I can see everyone then on Boxing Day. I can watch most of the football, then I can get back to Manchester if I'm not there. Do it on the twenty seventh, so that's perfect. It was the same kind of thing. That's the first thing I look out for because the fixtures themselves, you normally know they're going to play like Liverpool in October, Liverpool in March. It, it always kind the of derby's always Novemberish, yeah. yeah, exactly. But like it's it's the Christmas one because you think how often am I going to, or how much time am I going to get to spend with people, and then the next one is New Year's. But I never really do anything on New Year's anyway. Play City playing on New Year's Eve is fine by me, but sometimes it's like if they're not, that's just even better. Huh? <laughs> what is it this year? The twenty seventh and the thirtieth. Twenty seventh, thirtieth, yeah. perfect. That's, but that's perfect. That's not getting in anyone's way. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. And in regards to say, as Izzy was saying, in terms of people eating and so on, like you can be healthy. But so, what if I ever had a Christmas thing? It'd be loads of people there coming around to my house. Like we're talking ten to fifteen people going over the top, people having a great time and so on. And it's just that point where like you've got to you you're with them. You're all fully involved. You're engaged. And it's like, no, I can't really get seconds. How yeah. much discipline is involved? Because that's the whole thing, isn't it? Everyone's yeah. mindset At some is, point, it just it, changes. At Christmas, it's just... Fuck it. It's Christmas. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. But like, even people who've got like, no discipline anyway throughout the year, it's even worse at Christmas. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> it's yeah. when but people even, like, leave... If you are strict, it's like, it gets a Christmas thing, forget it. It's when people leave like bowls of things around the house like, that yeah, don't need yeah, to be yeah, there. Yeah, like, yeah. when do Christmas you eat worse. at like three o'clock? Yeah. You're like eating lint bunnies or something at three o'clock. It's like, when do you do that? Yeah. In, well, in a non <laughs> I'll have a guilty go. pleasure. <laughs> yeah, and again, because my I would always tend to host the stuff that we're doing is to cater for everyone. Mm. If it was just to cater for me, then it would look a lot more healthy, look like just regular day to day life. But instead, we've obviously got too much stuff, and we have multiples of those bowls that you're yeah. talking about, things you should never be eating. And as someone that's like lactose intolerant, there's a limited amount of chocolate you can have in a day <laughs> before you uh, find yourself in trouble for, uh, for a little period of time. Limit, but, limit your bunnies. Yeah, but you know, these are lessons that you've got to learn the hard way sometimes. Um, but it's, Christmas is great. And for me, if I was playing or not, I would still be watching all those games because I do love watching football. And the sheer number of them is great. I think the downside is, though, if you're, say, non-Premier League and you do like the 26-28 type thing, mm. horrendous. 
without a doubt, one of the worst things in football. And I know it's great for the fans to watch. Is, is that just recovery between the games, or is that the fact that everyone else is is enjoying Christmas no, at the same time? No, there's nothing. There's nothing on 28th that really matters. It's just the fact that you've just played a game, and now the next day is preparation for the next game. That's mm-hmm. the next day, you know. And it would be home away. No one ever really has two home games. No one really has two away games. And you can't. It's not that you can't enjoy it, but it's a big physical test especially for teams that don't have really deep yeah. squads you know some teams do and so they can make the changes but a lot of them they don't and in fairness this is when I learned a lesson about myself and it changed my perspective and I was quite pleased to hear I found a similarity between myself and KDB brace yourself for this one you ready for this um apart from having two legs uh before games he just sits in the change room and talks to the kit men like Brandon and so on just jokes around and then when they say like five minutes to go before we go out he just comes and gets ready because he said it's more important to be there mentally as opposed to like physically yeah but he said ironically that's gonna have to change now that you know he's had a significant injury but it was when I was at QPR manager said whoever plays on the 26th or whatever will not play on the 28th so I played on the 26th and I ate so much food for the next like day and a half <laughs> I know like, what's coming here I ate so much food then the squad was the team was announced on the next this on is that your day. entire career, isn't it? It is. It got, it got, it got announced on that on that twenty eighth or whatever. And I was starting. It was me and one of the guys starting. So I'm panicking like I've, I'm not prepared for this psychologically, physically, anything. And I played better in the second game than I did the first. When I was supposed to be more tired and less prepared. You probably had more energy. More energy yeah, 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 more energy, more fear of getting this wrong. But from then, I was like, well, for me, all that stuff can help. And for some people, it helps a lot, especially psychologically. But I'm more concerned about how I feel mentally than sort of guaranteeing that I'm at my absolute physical. Because I, like, I behave well anyway. But feeling good and talking to people before a game is more important to me than going through every checkbox that says, right, this is going to go well now because I'm ready. Like, I enjoy the feeling of just being, you know, let's go up, let's go play, uh, play some football. Talk about discipline there. So you're obviously talking about food. And I guess it's not really going to apply to you two, but obviously at football, there's drink as well. Mm. I, I, was at, I did a City game recently, did a bit on Radio Manchester, and Phil Brown was the commentator um, and they were talking about when he did that team talk on the pitch for Holyoke, sat all the players down in front of the crowd but he was saying he'd only found out maybe like five minutes before kickoff that a load of them had been out the night before and he said he didn't know this before and if he'd known you know it would have been a completely different team he said there might have even been a punch-up or whatever you know maybe he's embellishing it now but you can imagine that like where does the discipline come in when it comes to drinking like have you seen any of that like around when Players just go, oh, it's Christmas, go on. We'll have a night out. <laughs> that was around Christmas, that game as well, wasn't it? It, it was, was Boxing yeah. Day. It was, yeah, exactly. That's what he was saying. So, I think yeah. the, so obviously those players had gone out the night before. Mm. Drink is a funny one, isn't it, as mm. a footballer? Because you learn over the years whether you actually enjoy drinking or not and liking a drink. Some people drink to get drunk. Some people drink because they like the taste of it. And I literally had the same approach to drinking as eating, like unhealthy foods it's moderation is fine and i suppose you probably wouldn't have a glass of champagne if you were playing on new year's day the night before i I just don't think you would out of principle being a professional footballer but i have no i don't see an issue in having a drink after a game because it settles you down but but even in a in a heavy fixture period like if you play on let's just say new year's day and then you're playing again on the third or the fourth of january which sometimes does happen the games are in quick succession I don't think there's any issue with having a small glass of something fizzy. Mm. I um, I think it depends on the team that you're at and the nature of the professionalism because in this day and age, some people will have a drink or something. And like you say, it'll tend to be after. 
but going back a decade, going back 20 years, like it's almost like football at times was an afterthought. You know, oh, this is it's the Christmas time. I'm mm-hmm. going to have a good Christmas. Then we've got a game tomorrow, as opposed to thinking about the game tomorrow and then working backwards from there, you know, trying to figure out what to be and what to do. It's actually quite funny. I actually had my best ever training session. I was playing at Leon and I'd been out the <laughs> night before. Pissed out my head. <laughs> and I was so hungover. And I, I, sw- I swear to you, right, Phil Neville was the England manager at the time. And he came out to Leon to watch me and Lucy Bronze training, right? And I went out for drinks the night before with some friends in Leon who I knew from over here who were visiting. We got through like three bottles of wine and I was smashed. Got back, got to bed late, got up the next morning and was like neck to pint of water and I was in my car on the way to the training ground. Got there, Phil's zone. He's like, you all right, is he? I was like, yeah, yeah, good. How are you, how are you Phil? <laughs> good to see you. Anyway, we were doing our pre-act for, before training, walked out onto the pitch and it was quite a low-key session. It was a bit more technical-based and all the for, attacking mids and forwards were doing crossing and finishing and shooting. And I swear to you, every single ball I touched went in the top corner. <laughs> I was on fire. I was on fire. And every time I scored, I looked over at Phil to check he was watching. So was that the secret to the Champions League win, was it? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> this is, is his recommendation then, yeah? I don't recommend it. Let me, let me just... There was, let me question, just... there was a key question in there that got glossed over. Would you do it again? Uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> I would do it again. Yeah, I would. I would. And I wish I did. It's a bit late now, but I wish I did. It's funny. Your side of that story is the other side, which is probably more rare, because my side of that story is when I was... I think I've said this on this pod before, or I've said it to you individually. I went to Dubai with Harry Redknapp. I've told you this. And this is not, not the two of us, not the two of us. It wasn't just me and Harry Redknapp in Dubai for the record. Well, lo and behold, at QPR, I'd been knocked out in the third round of the FA Cup for like the 10th year in a row, yeah. So we had a free weekend and he was relatively new to the club and he said, let's all go away to warm weather training in Dubai. And Harry hates people drinking, yeah, hates it. Which is, I feel like quite contrary to how most people perceive him to yeah, be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, he hates it. He's adamant, no one's allowed to drink and he'll say it. And as I get older, I now think about this man saying to other adults you can't do this thing which you do yourself socially especially while in Dubai and it seems a bit nuts but he said that anyway no drinking so lo and behold most of the players were drinking every night yeah straight away and there's one training session in particular uh, one of my teammates it's the worst training session from any individual I've ever seen through all my life as a professional the worst of the worst is because he couldn't see where the ball was you know so for as much as Izzy slamming it top corners this guy you could pass him a ball from a yard away he'd try and control a ball that wasn't there Harry, best to say, wasn't too pleased. The session wasn't great. Caused a few issues within the group and stuff from that point. But again, like, not everyone has the magic that Izzy has but when she's when she's a no, little I was bit. Co- I was I was extra focused because okay. I knew I was so no, he scared was trying. about messing up. Listen, he was trying. But <laughs> That's what made it worse. The thing is, whenever your manager or anyone in a higher position than you tells you not to do something, yeah. you are going to do it. Naughty yeah. schoolboy, naughty schoolboy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And think of it this way like i get it now when i was at that point i was like mid-20s or whatever and i don't really drink anyway so i don't really care about that someone says that to me it's like oh cool story great yeah but these guys would take their families there and go on holiday to the same place that they're at right now and live a different life than all the clubs to go to all the people to see all the things to do and now this guy saying yeah you, no drinking you got to be in your bed by 10 saying this to like someone that's the equivalent age of me like, what are you talking me now please like what are you ta- what are you talking about the trick to it in my opinion is to say to people, training is, at t- is like 10 o'clock tomorrow. I need you to be ready for it because it's a big session. From then, people will always be thinking about the session instead of thinking about the thing that they can't do. Yeah. You know, it's a little psychological tweak. But it's people... Tr- it's trust you as well, to manage that then. 
<laughs> yeah, good one. <laughs> but yeah, it's trust. Trust is right. But as I say, it's just putting a limit on something. If, if he says there's a training session tomorrow at 10, there'll be some people who will still go out. But as it gets to like 12, 1, they're thinking, ah, we've got training a bit. When, when you as a player, your prerogative becomes bigger than yourself and you're buying into a common goal of, let's say, winning a, mm. a title, you then become, I've been there before, obsessed with doing what you can to bring the best version of you every day mm. to contribute towards the bigger thing, which is winning a league or winning a top trophy. So that almost like, once you get to that level of thinking, you almost don't even think about having a drink, having bad food or staying out late or going out clubbing or whatever on a midweek or something like that because you then fear of letting your teammates down. Mm. Do you think that's common? Mm. I wouldn't say so, now because not every team is in a position to try and win a league title. And to get ahead of it, we do know that City players do have a party culture and that has been there for a and long time. And they win leagues. So. Yes. So there is a mix, but it's about the timing knowing when to do it, knowing how to do it, you know. Um, but I don't think it's common, no, because I think some people, they are professional, but they're not really playing for anything. And when you're not really playing for anything, does that put you in a position whereby 110% is, feels the same as someone who's given 110% to try and finish top of the table come the end mm. of the season? Because you get to a, it's a funny place, because you are trying, but like, if it goes wrong, it's very easy to sort of like, Never mind. Mid-table teams, when you're getting towards the end of the season, mid-table teams, you would... Yeah. Is it fair to say that the, your mind is already on the beach? I think it... When you can't get relegated, you can't qualify for Europe, are um, you already on the beach in about March? I think generally, very generally, you could say that attitude does exist. But as we all know with football, there's so many individuals within that who have their own different goals and perspectives. You know, because you've got some people who are trying to get a new contract, some people who are trying to get a transfer, some people who, you know, know they're done at the end of the season. If you had a team full of people who were wrapped up at the end of the season I'd know, and like they were leaving the club and they're in mid-table, that's like, you know, what, yeah. what, there's nothing I can do here. But if there's, say, like a younger group as well, a younger group will give you more. If you've got an older group of people who know they've been there, done that before, it's like, ah, it's what it is. They'll try but it's not that extra 1%, you know what I mean, which helps you sort of find that extra bit when you need it. What about parties? Because well, what, what, what type of party are we talking <laughs> we about? I'm, I'm talking Christmas parties, and in, in, the, in the sense that, you know, recently it was like, oh, Chelsea had a Christmas party after they lost to Everton, and it's like that trade-off <laughs> yeah, of we're going to do this anyway, or we can't do this because of how it looks. Yeah. And obviously, is it? You just got, if, there's, if obviously there's the, the winter break, then mm. can you just enjoy yourself anyway, regardless? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't know about that Chelsea party, actually. With her, with, um, with the men's side of things, the annoying thing is that a lot of stuff that you do is perceived based on result. Yeah, of course. But like these parties, you don't just book them just instantly. The 20-something people need to go to a particular place and have everything organised. Lo and behold, it has to be done in advance. It is the yeah, hardest thing to organise, by the way. I did ours last yeah, year. Menagerie right. in Manchester. And I tell you what, trying to get people's three-course orders in... Yeah. With enough time to no the restaurant. There's no engagement. Everyone just switches hate... off and then you get a few texts oh, the night before it. going roast turkey, beef, oh, chocolate pudding or I whatever it. it was. We'll be back in a few minutes after an ad break. Speak to you shortly. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. Literally everybody listening to this has been in a work situation where it's been like the end of September and people are going, well, we're, we're booking the Christmas party. It's like, you know yeah. it's not tied to a yeah. result and because you, it was booked months in advance. And you, you're in traffic and you pull up by a pub and it's like in September and it's booked now for Christmas and mm. you look at the sign and you're like, ah, we'll be fine. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's annoying because you will you, be judged according to that. As well? When I was at QPI, I organised two of them. I organised a few meals myself. But yeah, it's annoying. Like, as Izzy was saying, some people just don't engage. Like, in a group chat, like, hey, everyone... These are the places we could potentially go to. Has anyone got any preferences? Crickets, yeah? Don't don't Crickets. give options. Don't give options. Yeah, so then I'd, I'd say, all right, this is where we're going. And then some people aren't reading the group. And then when it's the time of the event, some people say, oh, where are we going later? What, what are we doing? Oh, what's the food? I'm like, it's all the information which I've put in, get into this group <laughs> With chat. all due respect to WhatsApp, the new function on WhatsApp where you can have a vote yeah. actually yeah. helps that. Mm. And I wish I'd have known about that. Last yeah, last yeah. Year. <laughs> just some people, some people are good at organising things. Some people are bad at just existing. So the ones who are just bad at existing, they're not going to listen to a single word that's said to them at any point. Is there a crossover with what type of player they are? Position, outlook. What a question! I think there's probably that's a top question. question. I think there's probably more of a link to age. Younger people are more just like unbothered about things unless they're sorting themselves out. You know, some of the older ones because they'll tend to like tend to have children. They'll tend to have to diff- have a different perspective on like time and organizing, yeah, organizing yeah, things. In the calendar. Whereas like younger, a younger person playing in football who has everything done for them is a nightmare to try and get an opinion out the, of them. The, the player that's through on goal, 1v1 with a keeper and they've got the option to shoot or square it is normally the guy or the girl who shoots when they should square it, it's normally the person who doesn't reply yeah. to the WhatsApp chat yeah, to answer never. your question, Sam. Yeah. Oh, the, the ones that say, oh, no, sorry, I don't, I don't really read the group chat, but I told you in person that in this group chat, I'm going to give you some information. But but you are glued to your phone at the training ground yeah, 24-7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you didn't see the message. Yeah, I've, got like, I've got to like that Instagram post, though. But yeah, it's, it's, it's annoying. And I've got to... but these, these are the same players, I assume, though, that when you, when you see the, the front of the phone and the WhatsApp 
uh, logo, it's got like 391 unread messages in there. Yeah. It's like, how are you? How are you alive? I get, I get, I get sort of how some people get like group chat anxiety when there's like a million messages yeah. in there. But when there's no activity apart from information, could you please look at it? Because I know you look at it because you get information about when we're training in there, and you seem to turn up to train at the right time. <laughs> yet still, this added bit of info, and also to spin things off. Being at City was obviously very important for me in my career and changed my perspective on certain things because I went to QPR. There were three years where I was captain and I organized, I had to organize three Christmas dues. First one was to Stockholm. Second one was to Madrid. So these are some young players as well, swimmer in the championship. Young players, never really been to these places, like amazing. Then in that third year, a few people said, oh, you know, oh, can we just go to Winter Wonderland yeah, in London? No, I knew I was coming. Winter Wonderland. Wait, hang on. You organized not just trips to a restaurant, you organized trips to Stockholm and Madrid. Yes, I was taking these boys outside of London. I was literally taking, like these, it's a really young group of guys. And they say, when we went to Madrid, we, um, we were there for, I think it's for three days. I'm organizing the hotel, I'm organizing the restaurants we're going to, I'm organizing like a little watch party thing to watch at Go Madrid. I said, does anyone want to get any tickets for it? Because I can sort that out as well doing their seat in this restaurant, went to this bar, nightclub afterwards, which just happened to be owned by, I think it's Sergio Ramos and Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. And we're in, in this, and all of a sudden the Madrid players come because they've just flown back from playing Espanol. And the guy's like, oh, this is amazing. Look, there's Sergio, there's this, there's, there's that, blah, blah, blah. A year later at Winter, Winter Wonderland wearing costumes. <laughs> like, have you guys not seen what I've just done here? <laughs> are you not aware of this cultural like experience I've just delivered to you? And now here we are in central London. Dressed as like flipping superheroes. Yeah. Every, <laughs> team, every team available. Every, every, other team, every team that yeah, doesn't have a game in two days is at this event. But, you know, it's what it is. I'll learn from the mistakes eventually. What uh, does having kids change how your outlook is on Christmas as a footballer? Um, it, do you know what? Interestingly, as my kids... Firstly, like, everyone wants to see... Everyone in the family wants to see the kids. So... That's why we end up hosting. We host because we have the most numbers. But as I, I left England in 2018, so my eldest was only four years old. So she, she's engaging with Christmas, but my other two is like one and zero. Like mm. Zero. Yeah, it's zero. Yeah, <laughs> zero. Doesn't have a number. <laughs> useless. But when I'm in MLS, we don't play over Christmas. The season's finished in October, November time, so I actually had Christmas off. So that there... That is elite. That's why me and Izzy have something in common because we weren't working around then. Elite. <laughs> so now it's a wrap and I can do whatever I want. Oh my goodness. Amazing. And I'll be sitting at home watching football on TV in England while still knowing I'm employed within football. That's a nice feeling, you know? Because mm. usually if you're in England sitting around watching football on TV, you're probably not em employed to play football. But here I was. I was like, yeah. Go City, yeah. Well done, lads. <laughs> yeah, don't work too hard. You know, don't eat too much. Don't eat too much. I'll that must be ideal because... Because what are you like now? Because obviously you are out of it. Yeah. But I guess you're doing like well Amazon or whatever. I'm not working this Christmas. I got offered a few gigs, but I am unavailable slash unwilling. So I've got five, six days off. My last work is on the 24th, and then I'm cleared till. To be fair, nice. I don't, I don't mind them throwing a game in. You know, what I said earlier, the 27th is perfect. Mm. Last year they played Leeds on the 27th. That was a that's when uh, I was with that. Yeah, you, you I did Amazon, there. yeah, and it was like. After, you know, because that's three full days. Well, you've got Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, 26th. People are familiar with Christmas by now. <laughs> and then, but by the 27th, it's like, You're I, could, I could go out and see some football, you know. Okay. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't mind it. And like, the ideal is obviously see it at home because you're not going far. But Leeds isn't even too bad anyway. And obviously, they're all kind of local. But by that point, I'm thinking, 
I, I, I wouldn't want the, the full five, six days off because by that stage, what I'd be like, oh, what about, I'm doing now. What about when you're working and it's suddenly Swansea 12.30 away, New Year's Day? Like I said, I'm not a big New Year's Eve guy anyway. Um, no, I think it's all right. You guys, no, it wouldn't be a problem, that. It wouldn't be a problem. The, the, only, the only reason it would be a bit of a problem, oh, that's a shame, is if there was like a full day of games on and I, I was taken out of all of them because it was like a four-hour drive back. to get yeah, there, yeah. two hours there, and you just miss it. That's it. But it's like, I wouldn't, that's all right. I think what we need to remember as well, though, is like some of these feelings we're talking about, if there's an element of recency bias, there was the World Cup last year, but there was a gap with the Premier League, wasn't there? Mm. So that game was, I think it's like the third game back because they played at Liverpool in the League Cup, was Second, it? Second yeah, Liverpool League yeah, Cup. Yeah, something like that. So some people, because a lot of people don't like international football, so they were pining for like more football, more football, more football, but we're not going to be struggling for football at this spell. So maybe, maybe this you'd be is, a bit um, with it. This is quite a crazy festive spell of football, isn't it? Isn't there more fixtures in this year than in and around... I know it's game I just made that up. Is, is it? Yeah, it's, there's a, a, yeah, a Christmas Eve game, yeah, which... Why is, that, is, why, is I, that, why is that controversial? I don't know. Well, again, it's that we kind of touched on it before, but it's that it's that mixture between they're not thinking of these fans, 2,500 fans. Who is it? So it's Wolves-Chelsea. Wolves-Chelsea, yeah. Oh, they've got to get from London on Christmas Eve. You know, that ruins their day. Forget it. But it's like the other side of the coin is, is I, don't, I won't say millions, thousands of people who are going to be interested in that game. Millions. That's a perfect... Yeah, millions. I don't know, but viewing figures for football matches aren't in the millions, are they? But there's millions who have like, I think it depends what the game is. Good one. Depends. Good luck with that. It depends <laughs> when the game is, who the game's between, and what else is on. So that game on Christmas Eve, that's going to. Like, for me, like for me, from my again selfish point of view, well, the more games on Christmas Eve, I oh, bang one on Christmas Day. Isn't there NFL on Christmas Day? Yeah, NFL, oh, when, NBA, when, everything. When England play the Ashes as well, that often starts at 10 p.m. It causes uproar within a family if you're the person that says, right, I'm departing this little social gathering to go and put the TV on. Yeah, yeah, this there, is true. There really is uproar. This is true. I know within my family, it's all, oh, Isabel's got the football I, on again. I could just lie. Isabel. Isabel. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I've been naughty. Yeah, I, I just, I just so, yeah, in that when moment, you got the football on. Or when yeah. I got the football <laughs> on. That's because like in our family, it's just, well, I think it's because... Who sets the culture? That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Like people, like my family are, while up on me having not having the football on and that's when, been the case forever when but you, like my family are into it as well but that's just how it is mm. when do you think the last football league game played in on christmas day was 68 yeah go on 53 i don't know guesses 73 65 ah, i remember 68? that as well <laughs> it's a great game it's a cracker between 65 um, between blackpool and uh blackburn Ah, it was the big one, wasn't it? Yeah, you see? I knew it. 4-2, was it? 4-2, that's yeah, the one, yeah. yeah I remember Those it. two vastly different towns. <laughs> each other. Yeah. Again, I'll, I'll be loving that. How would that go down for footballers? Playing on Christmas Day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's different. You're, you're going for training anyway. If you're playing on the 26th or the 27th, you're training on the 25th. Or if you're playing on the... If you do play on Christmas Eve, you're probably in for recovery on Christmas Day. Yeah. So either way, I don't know. I wouldn't mind it. I think... Um, I suppose once you're home as well, you can, then you can eat. Yeah. And you can drink. You so probably, probably, probably eat much. or drink But then it depends what time kickoff is. Because that can affect it as well. You know, that 12.30 you want, you want, you versus... You the early uh, kickoff on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah. if it's the 12.30 kickoff of Christmas Day, it's mustard. Like, you're flying. But that's that's the 12.30 kickoff any day, in my opinion, as long yeah, as yeah, you want. Yeah, that Liverpool game the other week. Yeah. But if you're playing, like, 5.30... I was praying for the most day, uneventful yeah. City Liverpool game ever because we were going out in the evening. Yeah, I bet. And you pretty much got it. Yeah, yeah. When it when it was ex injury time, I messaged you when it was one all. 
I was like, I'll be very happy with this one all now, to be honest. <laughs> I'll be very happy indeed with this. Obviously, like one in City to win, but like I if it's one all, suits me perfectly. To go back to it, I think if the game was to be put on that day, like Izzy's thought process about difference is quite refreshing, but that's not the norm within football. I think a lot of people are very, very keen to just keep things exactly how they, how they are or maybe even go back to the way that they were, as we've heard recently. So I wouldn't necessarily... Um, wouldn't necessarily think it'd go down too well, even though functionally it's probably not going to make that much of a difference. Like some people would just rebel just for even thinking about it. In fact, this pod- podcast is probably going to get cancelled because we just thought about it for a second and then just like, I'll say <laughs> well, no. Yeah, of yeah, all the yeah, things that's going to cancel us, it's not that. Well, you'd be surprised, my friend. You'd be surprised. <laughs> you'd be surprised. It's 75 quid as well, just because it's just a special. Give the gift of football. <laughs> give the, yeah, exactly. Just, but, give you the know, gift of football. Pay yeah. for the quality you get. What about players getting booked on purpose to miss Christmas? Does this happen? I've I've seen it on I've but seen it mentioned we, on other... we've, we've heard we've heard multiple people say it and have I, you seen it? Do you know what's awkward? What's awkward is unless you're like really tight with the person that could potentially do it, you don't really know they're doing it as such. Is it the same personality of people who don't reply to the WhatsApp groups <laughs> and don't well, square? There's got to be a well, crossover from when I, from when I was playing. The people of doing that. On this Venn diagram now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, those people w- group chats weren't really as much of a thing then. That's the thing, but. Um, from a, you could argue, in fact, you can argue, you can just say it like, there are a lot of selfish people within football, even though it's a team sport itself, people have their own interests at heart all the time, you know, and you can say that you're rolling with the team, but someone would happily throw someone under a bus to make sure that they're still fine. That's the sort of dog-eat-dog nature of it, especially for teams who aren't aspiring to be great, you know, like availability doesn't really matter to someone who knows they're just going to play when they come back anyway, you know, I'm just going to play because, you know, the playing to finish 14, 15, which is fine, by the way, when everyone has that sort of drive, the standards aren't set, the culture's not there. But some people probably do do it, but they'll do it when they know a manager will give them time off. Because if you are suspended, some managers might make you work more. Well, exactly. Do some managers see it coming? I know what you're doing there, mate. You're coming anyway. So don't judge it by the player. Judge it by the manager, because the manager is probably the type of person who would give them, not the green light if they do it, but won't punish them. Or doing something that's actually quite naive. You, you can tell what type of foul or offence they commit to receive the yellow card. Mm. What their agenda is. How hard they're trying. Because if it's a silly foul, like a, a lash out or that's petulant or something like that, like you can tell that, you know, that that's just pure frustration or that's got an agenda behind it. Or if it's like a tactical foul that stops the team counter-attacking and, you know, and you pull someone down and you take the yellow for the team. I... I, I I think that's it. Mm. I think. Oh, well, I'll take one for the team. Yeah, but there's also times where there, there must surely be a time when you know you're one yellow card away from suspension. It's Christmas coming up, and there's there's a breakaway happening. You think I can't believe my luck here. Yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. just pull it back. I can pull it down. <laughs> you think it literally is Christmas before Christmas? This is my big moment. One before or Christmas. You I, don't... Can pull him, I can pull him down. It looks it looks perfectly normal. You don't stand in your correct position on that set piece, so that you're then having to chase a counter attack back. You pull someone down, and all of a sudden, in 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 ten seconds, you've got Christmas off. Yeah, you'd know you'd know that type of person straight away because it like they're more or less like deeply selfish and probably just cheat their way through life as well. You know, (laughs) let's 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 call it what it is. You know, if someone's getting deliberately yellow carded and they're sort of planning it ahead like that. They've probably given you a few clues that that's exactly who they are. So you know? if you're being really but, sneaky about this, you, you got, should probably start accumulating a few yellows earlier on in the season well, say, with a similar right, sort of yeah. foul so that then 
the media world, your manager, yeah. your coaches start to think, oh, it's a common trait of, yeah, like, of like, his or hers. Like, they, oh, that they've, we really they, need to address that. The worst one is that you get to like the game before Christmas and you realise, shit, I've only got three yellows. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to have to get two in this game. Mm. Mm. Just, yeah. I'll just take like violent conduct one day and get like a full week off. But like the example is like Polina at Fulham, the tone is set, he gets loads of yellows, super competitive. So if he gets another one, it's like, oh, never mind, y'all, like just have Christmas off. But then the other side, because I'm sure this could be, I'm, I don't think I'm going to start a conspiracy here. I don't think I'm going to start one. In fact, I'm going to try and start one, okay? I don't believe this, by the way. I did not believe this for a second. But who was suspended for the Villa game? Grealish. Grealish was suspended for the Villa game. And his yellow in the game against Spurs was, like, unnecessary, wasn't yeah. it? A lot of his yellows so, were so what's it? So, 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 so tell me where you're game. going Has he this? gone back to Villa? Yeah, properly. Because there was definitely one game when Bernardo scored the volley. And he was coming back from an injury, so he's not been back there properly. Was that not two seasons ago? Yeah, that was two seasons ago. Okay. So but, that would have been his first in his season. first season. The yeah. second one last year was when, one when... all, and he didn't start, I don't think. He might have been injured, actually. Okay. So it's not a conspiracy, because if you're injured, you're injured. Because no, he missed other games. This is, this is great. Conspiracy, I, don't think, I, don't I, think I do not believe it. Just, just weird. I've never seen Jack on a suspension. It's weird, that, that. You know what I mean? There is nothing worse than going back to your old club when they're doing well. Oh, trust me, I know. I'm acutely aware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any particular examples of that? <laughs> anyway, we've heard enough of that. No, which, well, to be fair, you're talking about the one where they won the league or you're talking about the one where, as QPR, thankfully I didn't have to play in this game, where we lost 6-0 and we got relegated that day. Because there's that one as well. Just in case any United fans thought there's like a nice little brotherhood between City and QPR, there's not. They chose violence that day. The manager, um, Chris Ramsey, wow. <laughs> he said, right, what we need to go and do is just go and press them really high, as high as you can, hard as you can for the whole time. It was like six nil, could have been twenty. Like <laughs> in a game that where we had to win to keep our chances uh going of staying uh staying in the league. So yeah, that one was fun. When I was sitting in this isn't a humble brag, but I sit I ended up sitting where Vincent Company's box is. People saw me from City or whatever. And every time a goal was going, they kept turning around and looking at me. Like when someone has to look at you six times in a game because the ball keeps <laughs> flashing in. It's, What's your reaction by even the, the even the fourth? The you know when you just try not to make eye contact with yeah, people. Yeah. It's like, oh, never mind. Always, always two years time when we eventually get the chance again, which we didn't, by the way. I've just checked. Uh, Grealish played three minutes at Villa Park in that first season. Yeah, he came back he on came at, at the end yeah, yeah. to kind of hold the ball up. There's which a conspiracy. Is important. It's out there now. Let's send it out. You know, especially against this Villa side, you know, the best we've probably ever seen them. You said going back to your club when they're doing well. Yeah, first time back at City and the way that City moved the ball when you're in the team, brilliant, because you're playing in that team. You, you only know how to keep the ball. But when I moved back to Everton, played against City at the Academy Stadium... Jesus you know what they're going to do, but you know what they're going to do, but you can't get near them. Mm. And oh. then you become, you go through a whole cycle of emotions in the game, like thinking, right, okay, you start the game, right, we've got them, get tight, whatever. Okay, that doesn't work. We drop off. Okay, they still find gaps. Uh, and then you get to about sixty minutes, and then you're emotionally fatigued, physically fatigued, and then they just start ticking and ticking and ticking, and then you're like, shake the hands. I <laughs> mean, well played. Good luck with the title that, challenge. Talk about psychologically. Is it like, obviously like people leave for all kinds of different reasons? Yeah. Do you think, oh, fuck off. Wish I was still with these guys. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, I left to go to Leon and I and I, I saw that. I was speaking about this the other day, actually. I can't remember where I was speaking about it. Um, but anyway, yeah, I was like, going to Leon at the time was an, uh, an upward move. They were the European champions. Um, champions League champions, sorry. And... That was my aim. I wanted to win and I thought like we got close with City, really close. We got to a semi-final and we lost to Leon. And I thought, 
I'm going to regret if I don't give this a shot. Mm. And it's actually funny because you've gone to the best club in the world in women's football. Like the training was unbelievable. It actually made me realise that football can be played other ways, other than the city way, which don't get me wrong, is absolutely bloody fantastic. But it was like the coach didn't have an issue with me receiving the ball with my back to play or, you know, whereas City, it was like the constant detail of open body shape, first touch forward, things like that. So it just kind of like, you kind of felt like a bit of a kid again and like you felt a bit free. But then you for a moment, you're like, oh, this is great. But then you're like, oh, hang on a minute. What City do? It works. It really works. And there's so much variation within the way that Man City play, whether it's the under 12s, the women's first team, the men's first team. We've seen it, haven't we? How it's evolved over the seasons. Um, and yeah, no, I, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I wish I was still in that environment, but also I was really glad that I took a risk to go somewhere else. So I think that swings and roundabouts, life, learned French. I can speak fluent French now, which oh, is, is, is an asset. How long did that take? Uh, that's the whole time I was there. This is yeah. that. I had the confidence I did to speak French it. And I still can't do it. But you need to, I had a brilliant teacher in my second year who we'd go and do things off site so we used to have lessons at the training ground but we used to go we'd go and do a supermarket shop together or something yeah. or we'd go to a cafe and chat to the you know people in the cafe or, or whatever and and leon i found out this when i'd left i came back went to everton and we signed a player a french player kenza Dali, who was from leon that's her and um, city that she would grow up in in france and she said you know what big respect and i went what and she went we're going to Leon, and I went, oh, yeah, like, like yeah, European, like, best team in the world, women's football, like, of course I was going to go, and she was like, no, 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 living in Leon. And I was like, what do you mean? She went, it's the hardest place to live as an English person. <laughs> I was like, that actually makes sense. She said they don't like English. They don't like English people, and they make it extremely difficult for people to come over and live there. Oh, and I was like, it all makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> really? Because it's like immediate resistance. So I was like, the only way through this is to learn the language. And then you start to feel, you know, a little bit. bit I, I don't want to say welcome because I never felt welcome. Well, <laughs> but it's um, not like native in London. Yeah. <laughs> is is that is that a proper French thing? Because I hear that story around like Parisians and stuff. Is, is that just yeah. like the culture? I've heard it. Imagine it in Lyon because that, that's just the general reputation of France, isn't it? Like mm. imagine, yeah. imagine how bad it is in that epicenter of hating English people. Yeah, that must be super. Yeah. Walls up. I'm I'm annoyed about about how easily you picked up French because I I did it for years and years and years. And when we went to my cousin's wedding in in France uh, a couple of years ago, I spent the entire time with my phone going "ouay ouay," <laughs> just like shouting louder and say like the only words that I knew. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 interesting. I have heard it about the whole of France really, but then I wouldn't necessarily want to judge. I've never lived yeah, in Paris, course, yeah. but I mean, I've been on holiday to France since a few times, and I went to Corsica, which is a French-speaking country, and you speak French while you're out there. So I've just tried to maintain it. And I tell you what, it also helped me having two French teammates at Everton, Kenza Dali and Valerie Gauvin. Um, and they, you know, on the training pitch, they were looking lost and confused at times. So I was that person when I was in France. Step over and, yeah. I just stepped over and explained to them in French, you know, the tactical detail or whatever they, they needed to do. And um, that really helped. That's it for this episode of Let Me Talk Details. Remember, this was the free version of Let Me Talk. If you'd like ad-free versions earlier as well, all the useful links are in the episode description and over on lmtpod.com. If you want to ask us a question or send us a voice note, get in touch on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Just search for lmtpod. Or you can send us an email, hello at lmtpod.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.